jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! I learned something about myself this week. Oh, you did, did some um, uh, inner soul psyche personal work? Yeah, it didn't take very long. Oh, uh, good. I like it. Expedient. Yeah, but I realized I have oatmeal trauma. <laughs> <laughs> anytime I have um, a Google alert for anytime someone posts content warning oatmeal trauma. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because that, that phrase cheers me up. <laughs> I told you about that time I was reading about Joan of Arc because I consume everything about Joan of Arc because I'm a big Joan of Arc fangirl. You and Madonna. And, yeah, and there was a, uh, uh, somebody, it was an article, and there was a trigger warning on it for burned at the stake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as someone who has been burnt at the stake many, nu- numerous times, thank you, thank you for seeing me, um, that is a, a, a real trigger that I am I'm faced sorry. with often. So thank you sorry. for mocking my post publicly on our podcast. <laughs> so sorry <laughs> thank you thank you uh yeah no it well is it's oatmeal ptsd maybe <laughs> is maybe that's a more appropriate term all right well you got when the I... oat shock <laughs> I got them... they called it in the old days yeah i got the oat, oat trimmers <laughs> um when i was a student at the the national theater institute mm. <laughs> Uh, not to besmirch their good name. <laughs> However... Were you minored in Grey Poupon? <laughs> I minored in Dowager Studies, thank you. <laughs> uh, no, but you know, they've got... I, I went to... Uh, uh, I'm an oatmeal stan, also. Oh, yeah, me too. You see. And... Uh, while I was there, it was breakfast time, and I said, that means it's oatmeal time. Yep. I ripped open the envelope of oats, and moths flew out of it. (gasps) Yeah. And so I was off oatmeal for several years after that. You were off the sauce. I was off the sauce, man. I gave it up right then and there. But, you know, since then, I've been back on. However, every if should I be eating envelope oatmeal and not cardboard tub of oatmeal? You know how, you know how the oatmeal comes, right? You know, which, which paper product is your oatmeal yeah. reinforced in? Whenever I rip open an envelope, I have a little trepidation that... It's gonna happen again. That's like your version of those, um, those the 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 rattlesnake eggs. Have you ever seen that? No. It's a well. It's a gag. It's like a. It's like a. Hair, oh. It's like a Jerry Stiller and hairspray. It's or like peanut snakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's like here's this little envelope. When you open the envelope, oh, something snaps inside because it's full of baby rattlesnake eggs. Yeah. That's you want oatmeal. a peanut from the can, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then all the snakes come out. Classic I, gag. I thought that was an over oversized <laughs> off-brand package of peanuts. Ooh, they got me. Yeah, but that's your it's, oatmeal. Every time you open it, you think something's gonna get you. Every time it, I open, which you know is pretty regularly. I have just a moment of like, please no moths, please no moths. Wait, so are you telling me this is an every morning experience for you? Just about. Yeah. <laughs> you go to open that oatmeal and you're just praying. Yeah, honestly, for a second, I pour it out and I'm like, please. And then I see it's fine and I'm okay. 
but well, I'm worried it could happen again. Not to mock your triggers, but that is be- because that is very valid and real, and I'm sure terrifying for you on a day to day basis, <laughs> and for your breakfast. <laughs> Going to the cardboard tub helped <clears throat> because I mean, honestly, I would think that the the chances would be higher in the tub. You have more oatmeal, more space. That's a that's a a full on um skyscraper full of potential tenants yeah but then they started making the lower sugar envelope oatmeal Mm. and so i was like well maybe i'll these are much easier i'll go back to the envelopes but since then it's just a, a daily worry so you're still on the envelopes yeah i'm on the envelopes wow well i enjoy it's quicker I'm very lazy about food. <laughs> I am too. I mean, do I want to cook the oatmeal? I'd have to stir it. And then, oh, I forgot about it, and now my pot is ruined. Mm-hmm. No, you don't want that. No, versus pour some hot water on it, I'm good to go. Yeah, ding, ding, you're done. Exactly. It just comes with the constant terror that in any moment... <laughs> anxiety it comes with higher blood pressure but you know yeah yeah so there there goes your lower sugar benefits (laughs) yeah yeah so i just i don't know i know you i mean if you want to call me brave go ahead i'm not gonna feel too embarrassed about it but i just thought i'd you know i know people are like Ooh, she has a blog and a podcast (laughs) wow she's really just you know, but you know Fucking what? Fucking tastemaker over here. Yeah, but so tastes let, like listen, moths. Listeners, the stars are just like you sometimes. <laughs> I, you know, I have some vulnerabilities that I just thought I'd share. Anyway, that's uh our latest all, quest all, for a Peabody. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all the news I have this week. Uh, I mean, it's just been quarantine it's going on i have to say though i am not currently on fire here in portland and excellent in this portland and it is fantastic it rained there is a blue sky today or what looks like somewhat of a blue sky under the haze of the, the smoke good for you and oh my god i haven't opened my windows yet after having them shut for a week in the end of summer um <laughs> but i look forward to being able to do that soon so at least i feel like i feel like I'm emerging out of the Poseidon singing There's Got to Be a Morning After. (laughs) Well, that's something. Yeah. We're continuing our Asian invasion. God, I love it so much. Yeah. Um, Anthony is checking some stuff off the old list. Uh, Some stuff... uh, It must be said that we all know is very, very overdue in a much overdue reading list syllabus really yeah in my my horror education and uh, stacy the thing with this moment that we're having with these films is uh, it is such a relief i uh, it, it, it's like you know i mean we're gamers so we've been talking about in our off time off the show we've been talking a lot about the upcoming next gen yeah. And I'm so excited for, thank you for just agreeing that this is going somewhere. And I've, <laughs> I've been so excited for the next gen games because it's like, I feel like I've played everything, right? Yeah. And that's how I feel like with horror movies is I'm like, I've seen everything. I've vetted all the movies I'm interested in seeing. We'll put it at mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and, yeah. But then, lo and behold, there are so many beautiful, particularly Japanese and Korean classics. I've got some mm-hmm. Hong Kong films in there too, but like the, the Japanese and Korean classics that are really just, oh, they, these are like a vitamin infusion for me and I love them. Yeah. I know that feeling of feeling you've seen everything. Now, these movies, I've seen them all, but I love them all. So it's a real treat to revisit them. Yeah. But there are nights when I'm like, oh, I want to watch a horror movie. Oh, I'd love to see one that would be scary. And then I just feel like there's nothing left. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's nothing left. I oh, mean, well. In- until they make It Came From the Oatmeal. <laughs> Apocalypse yeah. Part Five. 
Yeah. But with these, <laughs> oof. I know. It's it's I have loved this little uh however long it's been of us watching these movies. They're so good. They're I so mean, good. with the exception obviously of Ringu, which was <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, see, I already forgot about those. So. Yeah, there you go. The yeah. goodness of all the others has canceled it out. Mhm. And that's why this week we're going into another dark, dingy, terrifying place. Um and staying right on this train with 1999's uh, classic, perennial classic, Audition. Anthony's first time. Can you believe it? I can't believe I'm admitting it publicly. This one, this one in particular has been on my, oh God, never let anyone know you haven't seen it list. Yeah. Especially as a film programmer, especially as a horror film programmer, the fact that I haven't seen this one when this is the one that everyone's like, especially when the J horror conversation comes up. Well, especially uh, as such a big <laughs> Saskas fan as you are, because you know it was very <laughs> influential for them. <laughs> she wears the same outfit and everything. <laughs> yeah, they really got it. That, you know? What else could be conveyed from <laughs> this film? <laughs> oh, thank you for seeing me. <laughs> yeah. This movie yeah. is fucked up, man. This movie is super duper fucked up. But what I love about it that I mean, but Eli Roth and the Saskas have both been like, "Oh, audition is so important to me, and that's why I did Hostel, and that's why I did American Mary." Blah blah blah. And it's like, <laughs> what this film does that those don't. Is und- I mean, there's a lot of things. A story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things, but it's like this film is so fucked up, but so much of it is implied, and you, when you watch it, you realize how much sleight of hand there is, and how little explicit violence and torture there is. Yeah, yeah. That that we'll get to it, but that final sequence, which is the sequence that everyone talks about in the film. Oh my god, I love her. I knew you were gonna love her. I love that so much. Um, I fucking love her. It's, uh, it's such a small section of the film. It's, I mean, main... Arguably, it's the set piece in the film, but it is such a small sequence. And yeah, the sleight of hand, it's so much of it is off screen. It's just left mm-hmm. up to your own. And when it comes to my my Mike, Takashi Mike awareness, um, who directed this, before this film, the only, and he's, you know, credited as like a one of the Japanese masters of horror. Uh, I've, I've only seen, I'd only seen imprint from the masters of horror series. That was, mm-hmm. like, the one that famously got banned. And then, you know, my, like, first boyfriend showed it to me. and was like, oh, have you seen this? They pull off people's nails and stick nails <laughs> in them. And, uh, <laughs> and, like, that's, like, that's kind of, like, he took the sequence from Audition and made an entire movie. Right. And it's just, like, gross torture and wackadoo. Um, but I'd only seen that and now one missed call in my, in my watches of all these films. Um, and so I was so surprised at how restrained... Yeah. And and really uh not just in how that sequence was filmed, but the movie as a whole, how much of it is a, it's it's based in psychology. Mhm. And like the inner minds of these characters. Right. Instead of like the explicit in both senses, explicit in terms of exposition and explicit in terms of the violence. It's that's right. very much takes a backseat. Yeah. Instead, there's all this build up to it. Like, I mean, I think we know early on that something is not right with Asami, right? Like, you kind of, and especially, I mean, the image from the movie that everybody knows is her with the rubber apron and the rubber gloves with that giant fucking needle. Yeah, it's the classic image. You know, so you kind of are suspecting that something is going to happen, but it's all build up. And then when you get there, it's like, she'll go in to do something and then the camera angle will switch, mm-hmm. and it's out of frame. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't lessen the impact. No. Oh. And, oh. Excuse me, my my insides uh, revolted at this conversation <laughs> because the <this> sequence <laughs> is so intense. But um, 
the while while it does have to be stated that while all of this so much of that is off screen and still just as effective so much of it is still on screen in your mm-hmm. ears and it's that goddamn yes. sound design yep i love i love zeroing in on sound design in horror movies and this is one that had me like next to retching mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it is gnarly. Yeah. but that it really is that restraint in this film and the there's a level of mystery to it mm-hmm. um it's i it, it's funny like i i didn't know i i realized as i watched this um i'm sure i had read this before because i had seen both american mary and hostel but i'm leading up to this but i'm sure that i had read you know when i was looking into both of those films i had read about the influence but i forgot mm. and watching it i'm like this is absolutely like is this ground zero for kind of torture porn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. But it it's so funny to see how diluted from its source that genre became. It became all about the last... You know, I mean, the torture in this is like 10 minutes, maybe? Yeah. And then these other filmmakers took that and made entire films out of it. Where that's all we're seeing is like, oh, some hapless person is kidnapped and now we're gonna watch their eyelids get ripped off! <laughs> And it's just an hour and a half of someone tied to a chair screaming, you know, whereas this is like, like you said, it's, it's a drama, it's an interpersonal, you know, psychological relationship movie. It's also like, mm, he does something really interesting in how it's filmed and edited, where Mm -hmm. there's kind of two tracks, Mm -hmm. you know, there's much more than that, but there's kind of, you were watching... It's almost like, and it's it's interesting because the main character is a filmmaker, but it's almost like you're watching uh, a filmmaker as a character sort of editing his own story, and one track is his version, which is like a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. and the other track is her version, which is abject terror and brutality. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's really reflected in the one scene where I'm. I know how we're talking about this movie in terms of like we haven't talked about the plot and he, you know, blah blah blah. It's like because everybody's fucking seen this movie. You all <laughs> like, know audition. Everyone except you, me knew this movie. Right. Yeah. But what you were just saying is really reflected in the scene where they go out and have like dinner and drinks. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. When we first see it, he asks her about her family. And she says, like, oh, you know, we get along fine. I don't see them very often, but it's fine, I guess, basically. They move you know, to Chiba. Yeah, we're an average family. And then we see that sequence again later, and she talks about being abused and just it, just a life of torture at her family that, like, they, you know, didn't want her. And she went to live with the uncle, and she was abused here and abused there. It's just like, what is the reality? And it's so... Mm-hmm. Those two that those two versions of that scene are a microcosm of this film in its entirety, and like the relationships between men and women, especially in Japan. Absolutely. What do the men want to hear from the women versus what are the women actually saying? Yeah, what what do they hear? What do they essence? hear? Yeah, and uh, um. That, I'm so happy you brought that up because that scene, I think for me, was, as a viewer, that was my entry point. Um, Because it created such a, there was a disconnect and such a mystery there. And and I love, it's so wild how, like, like you said, that first moment he asks her and she just gives this mundane answer. And then you see this flashback where you see it, he asks her and she gives a completely different answer. It's not that they cut out part of her answer. Right. It's that it's a completely different cut. It's a completely different take. And did you notice? Um, I think I have... I, maybe, maybe I'm just thinking highly of myself. I don't give it. I don't know. But I have editor's eye, so I'm always watching to see how a film is constructed because I am a video editor, among other things. And in that sequence, when he first asks her at dinner, there are three micro-cuts in that scene. Hmm. And he asks her, I th- I'm pretty sure it's right at that moment. He asks her, she starts to talk. There's a really quick cut. And I'm mm-hmm. like, he cut something out of that conversation. What's missing? There? There's another cut. And then it cuts back to him talking to her. There's another cut. 
Mm-hmm. And so the whole movie, I was like, is this just like, is this just a part of the, is this something cultural that I'm missing? That that just happens in Japanese movies and they don't talk about these et- weird edits? Right. Am I? But I kept that. And then when it comes back to it, I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is functioning on multiple levels now where it's in terms of how the narrative is built, but mm-hmm. also how this character, ex- one character experiences reality versus another. Mm-hmm. It's really, it was really rad to see. It's really, this film is put together very interesting. Like technically, it's a masterpiece and you don't realize it because it's not flashy. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? It's not like crazy camera work and like, you know what I mean? It doesn't draw attention to itself, but quietly in the details, you notice like the, the transitions in this movie. Yeah. Are um, like the, the scene where it's like the body in the white sack. <laughs> I know. Right. The first time <laughs> you see that when it's just like a bag laying in the room and, and then it, it moves. violently rolls over. Oh, uh. But, like, the transition of, like, that bag rolling over and then them in bed. The bed, those, the sudden jolting in bed. Yeah. And like, s- it's just, it's wonderful. And and it leaves you constantly wondering what you're watching and mm-hmm. whose perspective you're getting. Is there something I missed? <laughs> Are right. we in a dream sequence? Is it a dream? Is yeah. this a movie within a movie? Is it mm-hmm. a flashback? Right, because that's the whole premise of it, is Ayama's wife dies. Seven years later, his son is like, hey, dad, why don't you get remarried? And so to meet a woman, he sets up this audition process with his friend, who did you recognize? Hell yeah! Yoshikawa? It, is, it is our friend, the old Japanese man from the Weiling, mm-hmm. who is charming as all hell. Yeah, yeah. So they set up this audition process. He, like, uh, Aoyama goes through stacks and stacks of resumes and photographs, picks out 30 girls that he's interested in. They bring them in and talk to them, like they're auditioning for a film. That sequence is like uh, a chorus line meets um, all that jazz sequence. It's so fun. Like, the movie is lighthearted the first half. Mm -hmm. And it is so funny. Yeah. He is smitten with a photograph and essay by Asami Yamakazi. Yamazaki, yeah. excuse me. Asami Yamazaki. Um, you know, she's beautiful. She's kind of elfin looking. Uh, her essay talks about ballet and how she, an injury prevented her from realizing her ballet dreams. But, you know, it, it made her accepting of death. <laughs> and, you know, like just very deep Versus all these other women that are like, you know, just floozy actresses. Yeah, just taking off, showing off their boobs without even being asked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so afterwards, he calls her and they meet and they start to meet and he is just head over heels for her. She's very quiet, very demure. Um, she's like a version of a manic pixie dream girl. Yes, yes. Um, doesn't know really anything about her. She hardly says anything, but he has sort of projected his feelings and interpretations onto her. So he sees her as he wants to see her. Um, he fully intends to ask her to marry him. They go away for the weekend. She disappears. Um, meanwhile, his friend, Yoshikawa, has been telling him, like, there are red flags, dude. I can't find any of her references. Like, none of them have checked out. There's something really weird about this girl. Like, you need to let it go. She has now disappeared. Let it go. And the guy that she gave as, like, like her, her main contact, who was, like, <laughs> who she made it sound like he was her agent, has been missing for 18 months. Yes. Is he the man yeah. in the bag? <laughs> the bar where she said she worked has been closed for six months because the owner was murdered in a brutal fashion and they found extra body parts at the crime scene. When you find a dis... I don't know about you, but whenever I find a dismembered body, I'm always like, it's so weird that there's two tongues with this body <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you lay it out like a puzzle on the ground to see what you got. Yeah, you have to figure out where the pieces go. Yeah, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I got a duplicate in this kit. Yeah, four boobs. That's really weird. <laughs> Is she from Tatooine? <laughs> what in the total recall hell? Yeah. 
So, uh, but he goes investigating, can't find her anywhere. Um, ends up he goes home, has a drink. She has been in his house and has drugged his drink. Uh, he pa- He's paralyzed, but fully aware. And fully, his nerve endings all work, and she begins torturing him. Yeah, what? <laughs> Sorry, I missed, and I should have just rewound it, but I was like, I'll just ask Stacy and make her do the emotional labor. Don't worry, I'll, I'll cash up <laughs> you later. But, um, but like, uh, she said something about, like, she gave him some kind of agent or nerve aid, so his skin's extra sensitive or something? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he's paralyzed and can't move anything, but his nerve endings are are not numb, basically. Like his nerve endings still all work, so he's gonna still feel pain. Yeah, and she said something along the lines of like, your your skin is even more sensitive than normal or something. Yeah, and she was poking him in places that are very sensitive. Well, yeah, because she starts doing fucking acupuncture from hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she ends up sawing off one of his feet. <laughs> With a wire. And she's having the time of her life doing that, honestly. And, you know, I love to see it. She is just... She is sparking joy. I know how we are on this show. We talked about it last night when we were having a little chat (laughs) about how we tend to... (laughs) Always... Stand these women that are, you know, horrible monsters. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> and so then afterwards, when I was watching audition, I was like, God, we we were so right on, spot on about ourselves about that because I know I'm loving this, and I know Anthony's loving this. <laughs> Absolutely, we are we are fucking Lucille Bluth eating our cupcakes and good for her. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I um, I will go to the ends of the earth to uh, make an apology for any woman, except for J.K. Rowling, and just yeah. be like, well, you know, she was going through a lot, and she really has pulled herself together to <laughs> cut his legs off. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, look at the joy she found cut it with that wire. She was having so much fun. She is she is getting to know herself better, and good for her. Right, yeah, she's expressing herself. Yeah. Uh, so Aoma's son comes home while this is all happening. Ugh. One thing leads to another. Asami's chasing him with some mace, like, psh, 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 like she's trying to spray it in his face. She, she's, it's, it's, it's her version of macing someone is very like Macy's counter girl perfume, yeah, like, perfume, <laughs> yeah. perfume counter girl. Yeah, like, spritz, spritz. It's not like, white diamonds, white diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> But she's dressed like fucking American Mary chasing him around a house. With yeah. Mace. Uh, chases him up the stairs. He kicks her. She flies down the stairs, breaks her neck. Real gnarly it's effect. The, yeah. It's uh, the end of the movie, basically. So that's that's the, the, the quick skinny of it, I suppose. <laughs> Whatever that means. That's your entertainment news segment. Yeah. The quick skinny with Stacey Ponder. <laughs> Stacey Ponder. <laughs> the quick skinny. But first, here's a ten minute story about oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk about something you don't care about before I get to the quick skinny of why so you're all here. It's neither quick nor skinny. <laughs> no, it's why is the why is the quick skinny ninety five minutes? <laughs> Well, she spends the first 85 minutes talking about this toothbrush that she bought. <laughs> which I almost did start talking about my new toothbrush when you when you brought up that we're both gamers. What did you put a gaming toothbrush? <laughs> Does it plug into your chair? Yeah, man, I just brush with Mountain Dew now. <laughs> No, but I was, I, it took me forever to get this toothbrush and like getting it, I thought to myself, why do toothbrushes, why are they designed now? Like they're fucking gamer chairs. They are. They are. They clip. I'm just brushing my teeth. They're like, oh, it's got five kinds of bristles in a crazy shape. And it's got rubber grips that are striped. And this is the stripe this way. And that way. And I'm just like. 
I'm not spending that much time with, like, I don't need a, maybe someone with arthritis needs these things. An easy to grip toothbrush. But I'm like, do I need rubber grips in a stripe formation on my toothbrush? Anyway, I'm Miss Andrew Rooney. And this has been, this has been the Quig's Guinea. <laughs> the Quig's Guinea. Thank you, Miss Andrew Rooney, which listeners, you must know that is Stacey's drag name that I gifted her. Um, It is the greatest drag name of all time. It really is. And it is so fitting. (laughs) Very fit. Oh, my God. Miss Andrew Rooney. Men. Men. Why are they? (laughs) Now, why do they put all these rubber grips on my toothbrush? Why does my toothbrush have an hourglass shape? <laughs> Haven't we had it hard enough? 10,000 years of structural oppression. I didn't the sign The patriarchy designs these toothbrushes. <laughs> Honestly. Right? You know I'm right about the toothbrushes. Though. Oh, I mean, it's next it's going to be a Bluetooth speaker toothbrush combo. Yeah. yeah, just save it for a vibrator. Exactly. Oh, oh my! Well, if you're gonna go all fancy with your grips and your speeds, well, sure. that's a jackrabbit. That's what that's for, not for your fucking teeth. I see. Do you like those um, the ones that are like dragon dicks and stuff? Oh, you know, I or the egg one. I was, Do you like the egg? Thank one? you, because I I know that you're my soul sister. Because I was gonna, I went right to the egg. I only do the xenomorph <laughs> egg implanter. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, I say, you know what? Whatever works for you. Whatever gets you off, go for it. However, if my girlfriend was ever like, take this xenomorph dick. I'm going stick it in, Stick it in me. And then shoot these gelatin eggs into me. <laughs> I would say no. I would say no. You try to be liberal in giving as a partner. There are limits. You and <laughs> blooping fucking eggs <laughs> up someone's area. No, thank you. <laughs> Call me a prude if you will. No. <laughs> anyway, this it, has also been the quick skin. It's not. <laughs> it's not for me. Do I admire with some some innate revulsion that they exist? Absolutely. Oh, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I love to give me a documentary about these things and I will watch nothing else. Honestly, I want to see it. I want to see them demonstrated like in the air, not in a person, but in you know, air. just like this is how the egg comes out or whatever. Sure. How could you not laugh at someone? It's just so funny. It's so funny. I love an egg depositor. And that's very much like the climactic scene of audition. Oh hey, there you go. <laughs> Good segue. In- oh yeah, the oh yeah, the movie. I was like trying to chart the, the, how did we get to one? How did we get to toothbrushes? <laughs> this is what happens when I don't take any notes. <laughs> This, this honestly, this was what I barely really took notes because it's just such a wild ride. Yeah. And before you know it, legs are getting cut off and the egg depositors are <laughs> Here it comes. left and right. <laughs> Could a foot... She saws off his foot. She's she's dead with that horrible gross-out neck effect. Yeah. Um, and, Because while this leaves a lot to be unseen and just imagined or heard... When you do see it, they really, they really uh, know their effects makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, she's dead. The son and him are like the son calls the ambulance, and then and then dad, director dad, just lays there, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, he see, you know, he kind of hallucinates her being like, "I love you," or whatever she says. You know, I, I'm so happy. She recreate it's it's she repeats their first real conversation yeah in the, about how she waited by the phone for him to call and yeah i never thought i'd see you again yeah which is like is that ever anything she said or was that just what he wanted to hear in his romantic comedy of his mind um or was it just a prepared speech completely and this is showing that like 
she's just reciting the prepared speech and doesn't mean any of it. Because also there's a level of knock-knock <laughs> to yeah. this queen, is there not? Yep. Um, the home in- I only am here for home invasion when it's, once again, I can't do home invasion films. They make me so mad. But when it's a queen doing it, right. <laughs> yeah. I go, good for her. <laughs> but like, yeah. but um, that happens. And then we assume he's going to be okay and she's dead. And maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't think the film is innately misogynist, but I also don't know that it is also innately feminist. But I think a lot of it comes through in your read. Mm-hmm. Um. But my main question is, can they attach a foot? Can they reattach? Like, when the ambulance gets yeah. up, do they just reattach your foot? It's fine. I saw a picture of somebody with their hand temporarily attached to their thigh. What? To keep it alive before they reattached it. Yeah, before they reattached it to the arm. Okay, wait, but how are they like, oh, we need to keep this alive, but also we need to do it on a time budget. We'll just sew it to a thigh? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, man. Things they can do these days with things I can do. I don't know. I don't know if his foot would be. It's possible, but probably not likely because no one. I think you got to like at least put it on ice or something right away, right? Yeah. Well, that was his son's first mistake. He didn't put that on ice. That's right. So that's what I was wondering. It's like there's obviously there are long lasting ramifications that this guy's going to be psychologically scarred forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I was like, oh, she died. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> That's what made that was the true tragedy of this film was that Asami died, and oh, and also Gongu, the perfect oh my God. baby. Gongu, honestly, I know. List some listeners out there have dogs. The only kind of dog I want is a beagle. Oh, that! All I love a beagle. You know what? I support you, Stacy. But all dogs are angels. They're all God's angels. <laughs> As a former dog walker. Oh, yeah. You have real life experience. <laughs> I can say some dogs are fucking assholes, too. But they're so cute. All babies are so mm. cute. Most of them are. I, I say all of them. You stand by your real life experience. I stand by my okay. by my millennial story <laughs> I blanket statements that I can't back up. <laughs> mm. Also having just a lot of dog experience. Like, what kind of dog would I... Like, I just love beagles. I think they're so cute. Well... What more fucking evidence do you need than every scene in I I what's his name? Iomi's? Yeah. Iomi's house every goddamn scene in his house when yeah. little Trotterson comes <laughs> squiggling in with his little butt and his little tail, his little long body, and is the goddamn cutest baby of all time. Yeah. And I saw how many times they showed me this how cute this baby was and And you knew. And I said, God <laughs> damn it, they are gonna kill the baby. And they do. She At least we don't baby. see it though. You don't see it. We do see we do see little dead baby with his one eye open and his tongue hanging out and it's thankfully very obviously a fake dog, but Yeah. Um but I was still like, God damn it, all right I poured one out for Gongu. Yeah. I love that little perfect angel. Me too. Me too. As I love the Salmi, another perfect angel. R.I.P. Gone too soon. Yeah. Man. She's great. Uh, I, I, he, Sheena from, I've only, I've, I have seen her in Tokyo Gore Police, which is <laughs> bonkers. But that's all I, other, otherwise that's all I've seen her in, but she's fucking great. Yeah, this is the only thing I've seen her in. She's, yeah, I love her. Yeah. I actually really, I thought, um, I don't know his name who played Iomi, uh, but he was really good too. I was really, mm-hmm. I was really impressed. Yeah. It's a good movie. You know, that's the thing is like, it's, it <clears throat> has the reputation and it's a deserved reputation to be like extreme and oh God, once you see it, it's just, ah, blah, blah, blah. but it's like, it's a good, solid, like well-made, incredibly acted film. That's, I mean, having only seen imprint and and literally last week ago uh having seen one missed call i was shocked at the level of restraint that mike showed yeah um because he's pretty in his other films he's pretty in your face Mm -hmm. and that this was like yeah, it, it, it's so, one, it's so funny that this is what, this was the, the, the takeaway from this film resulted in Hostel and, and American Mary. <laughs> yeah. Which I didn't even realize. I, I knew this. I realized that I knew this um, 
but I didn't remember it at all, and I made no, because I, I don't care for the film, but, like, Mika even did a cameo, I guess, in Hostel? Yeah. As one of the customers? Um, but, because this movie is nothing like that, and it is, it's literally a romantic comedy until it's not, until it's a, a movie about, um, of, uh, inflicted traumas and the effects of those traumas on a woman mm-hmm. in a, in a society, um, that maybe is not the most affording to women right and and also really the what the film reminded me most of for being the genesis point for torture porn what the film actually really reminded me the most of was um vertigo by alfred hitchcock Hmm. uh which is a film i really really loathe a lot of people love vertigo i've i've said before on the show how much i hated it um i've only seen it once i saw it in 70 millimeter at the hollywood and i mean it's a technically masterful film um you know the leads are incredible well jimmy stewart's fucking awful in it but but um she's absolutely a legend in that film and so iconic but then you know it's just about this guy who becomes obsessed with this woman and wants to take her into his life and protect her and then ultimately control her. And then at the end, you know, he becomes the death of her. Like, he he follows her, he's trying to save her, and he accidentally startles her and she falls to her death and dies. And and it's really, you know, Hitchcock working through his bullshit with his blonde women. And, like, right. it's Hitchcock making a film about his relationship to the blonde muse. And, but, and it, but it's, it's not critical of himself at all. I feel like I think it, it was supposed to be critical of himself, but it still just reinforces his bullshit instead of critiquing it. And Audition to me feels like it's very much in a similar track where it's about a filmmaker. It's about this obsession with the woman. Um, but ultimately, he's the one that pays the price. Yeah. And and it... I don't... Uh, I don't know exactly what Mike's intentions with the film were... But it really seems like, um, I mean, obviously he had some intellectual choices that went into the way he edited this and made it into the, the his film and her film in at the same time in this movie. Mm-hmm. And the complete difference and disparity between their experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I have a total feminist read of this film. I'm sure there are plenty of horror fans who are into the extreme aspects of it and are like that bitch is crazy yeah yeah, like that's that's their takeaway from it and i can see how that would be your takeaway from it like it's you know classic crazy woman like ooh, like they ignored a bunch of red flags and then it bit them in the ass (laughs) you know uh but to me it's it's a very feminist film and i think it's part of that is like i mean she's practically a mail order bride like a domestic mail order bride Mm mm-hmm you know, they set up this audition very deliberately. It's all based on the pictures and, like, just, <clears throat> you know, watching these women try to please them and just picking one out because you have to get married. When he, It's time. When he says he doesn't want it, he wouldn't want an arranged marriage. Right. And yet he basically creates that sort of scenario by lying to a woman and tricking her into thinking she's going to be in a film. <laughs> Yeah, and he has all of his, you know, standards and his do's and do-not-do's. And the scene early where um, Ayama and Yoshikawa are in the bar, and there's a group of women at the back of the bar who are laughing and being very loud, and the men denigrate them, mm-hmm. that they're common. They're never going to go anywhere. They're never. No one's going to want to marry anyone like that. Like, that's not the kind of woman you want to be with. They're dis- They're disgusting, basically, because they're like... Hanging out together and laughing loudly and having a good time. Yeah, existing of themselves. <laughs> yeah. And so I'd like that coupled with this, coupled with, you know, Asami's backstory of the child abuse and everything. It's just like, and being abused and her dance teacher mutilating her and all of these things. Like, to me, it's totally a feminist film. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. You could build in, and but that's what's great too about it, and how complex and and I mean really dense it is as like a text is that you can build in uh, so many different potential reads too. I mean, obviously, I think it is a I take a feminist read from the film, but there's also like uh, I think there exists a track in the film where maybe the whole sequence was imagined by him out of his um, terror of her, 
right? Right. Or maybe, uh, you know, this was like it was all a dream. Or maybe there are two films at play here, and which film are you going to watch? It's There's so many different... Well, yeah, because when does all of this shit kick into gear? It's after they have sex, which she has initiated. She has completely taken the initiative on, of it. He's like, hey, what should we go? They go away for the weekend to the beach, and he's like, what should we do? We could go to a gallery, we could go out to eat, whatever. And she takes her clothes off and is basically like, let's have sex. Mm-hmm. And from there... That's when it becomes, what is this dream state? What you know, like he all the torture happens. We see inside of her apartment, all of these things. Mm-hmm. So, it's you know the roles of men and women, particularly in Japan. Yeah, which is a very structured society as far as gender roles it's go. Very traditional. Very traditional. Um, you know, she's kind of thrown that into disarray. At that point. Yeah. Yeah, she refuses all of it. Yeah. I think I think Hello? you could also bring in there's potentially like a misogynist read in terms of uh her MO of like she needs him to love her and only her. Mm-hmm. Like there's kind of that like obsessive sort of I don't know, uh, fatal attraction that kind of vibe that you could read in there. Right. Um but ultimately like at the same time, she's like, it, 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 that also could be feminist, where it's like, well, maybe that's her knock-knock <laughs> sort of... I was going to say, it's very knock-knock. Her knock-knock rubric, where it's like, oh, she sees the picture of the wife, and she knows how much she loves his son, and she's like, you said you would only love me. And right. she even... What's really... What I really love down that track is when she says, you're all the same. She's like, mm-hmm. you guys ask women to come in, you an audition, you reject them. You know they're not. You're not going to give them the part, and then you call them up and sleep with them after. Right, and there's the women he works with. That one woman who yes. stares after him very longingly, and then in a sequence where we're not sure if it's a flashback or a dream or whatever, she says, "You slept with me once," and basically, I thought it was going to go somewhere, and then you just don't talk to me. Uh huh. And that's all him working through all of his bullshit in his head mm-hmm. and trying to run from it, kind of. And being attracted to his son's new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He imagines her giving him a blowjob. Mm-hmm. He imagines being with the housekeeper. Yep. You know? That thread with the secretary was really interesting. Because, like, that first scene when she's like, oh, I'm getting married. I forgot to tell you. And he's like, oh. And then they just stare at each other. And then he just leaves. Yeah. It was so yeah. Or, like, when she's like, well, I'm going home now. And she just stands in his office and stares at it. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And then you get yeah. that thing. It's like, she was just, she she just felt used by him. He was her mm-hmm. boss. He slept with her. And then he, it wasn't a thing for her, for, for him. Right. But for her, it was like such a huge thing. Yep. And she just wanted to <laughs> be recognized as a person that was very intimate with him briefly. Yep. And he just goes on looking for his, uh, his son has a girlfriend, so now he's got to find one her age, too. <laughs> like, right. it's just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I love Asami. Me too. Kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the, oh god, the scene with the body in the bag when it, the dog bowl scene. Oh my god, that's... That's the most, that's the one I can't fucking take. <laughs> I love, okay, when we're like, how far will we go to stan a queen and make a makeup excuses <laughs> to support her behavior? <laughs> when she's fucking sticking her head out a window and puking into a dog bowl yeah. to feed it to the man without a tongue and feet that lives in a bag. <laughs> In her house where she just sits crouched in front of a telephone and doesn't move for weeks. Yeah. Good for her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was fucking gnarly. (laughs) That was gross. Yeah. That was some, that was some good pea soup. Yeah. Wow. Audition. You saw it. Congratulations. I finally saw it. Now I can tell everyone... Yep, that's fucked up. It's <laughs> a really good yep, movie. Yep, I have seen. I have seen that. There you go. That's that's the conversation. I have seen that movie. <laughs> now you can participate 
Now horror Twitter won't cancel you. <laughs> Thank you. Now I'm saved. Yeah. I have said the word and I have been saved. Oh, God. Um, well, before any uh, of our own bodies start crawling out of bags to our, our vomit bowls, Stacey, would you oh, like to turn away from all that abject terror and place your head on the chopping block? Well, yes, I would. <laughs> well, good. Because that's the segment of the show. The chopping block! Everyone knows it, everyone loves it, and if you don't know it, you're <laughs> late to the game. Uh, the chopping block is where one person places their head on the chopping block. We get asked, um, are we get, we... <laughs> well, I failed already. Someone asks the questions, someone answers the questions. The person who answers the questions chooses from three categories. Every category has five questions. If you answer a question wrong or you take too long, you have ten seconds, you take too long, the heads they, our non-binary executioner, will cut your head off. Uh, you have one chance to call out as the clock is ticking to call out, I want the wig, which gives you Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 film Halloween 2. Thank you for the You year. put the wig on. You put the wig on. The heads they gets confused. And it takes them 10 more seconds to figure out that, yes, it's really you. And you're the person who is going to get your head cut off. Perfect. Yeah, we didn't do so well last week. But you know what? The fun of the chopping block is that it's hilarious when we die horribly. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's fun. fun. Yeah? Yes, what? I was just going to say it's funny or when we die or when we start screaming, Fuck this! (laughs) Fuck this game! She had a fucking name! (laughs) (laughs) I get so mad. Well, you uh-huh. are on the block first this week. Oh, I know that. Joy, 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 hallelujah. What are my yeah. what are my categories to choose from? Your categories. I thought of one new category Thank this you. Week. Your categories are whatever walked there walked alone. <gasps> oh. Which is all about haunted houses. You have to tell me the movie. Oh, I almost did a category just like this. Good job. <laughs> category two is twinsies. <laughs> twinsies. <laughs> Which is all about horror movie twins, and you gotta name uh, something. And category three is slice me off a piece of that beefcake. <sighs> Okay. And get out your egg <laughs> And let's go to town. <laughs> oh, you did the sound design for audition. Is that an egg depositor in your pocket? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those are your categories. Whatever walked there, walked alone. Twinsies, or slice me off a piece of that beef. Cake. I'm supposed to cry during and after the chopping block, not before. I see. um, I will go with uh, because I, I was swimming in that headspace last night when I was thinking of my own category. Like it, I want to go with whatever walk there walked alone for five hundred, please. All right, you are gonna get all these. I feel it in my bone places. (laughs) Oh, there's a storm coming, and Anthony's going to get the chopping block today. That's right. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Head on the block. There we go. All right. Question uno. Mm -hmm. It's for our Spanish listeners. (laughs) That's the one word that they will know then. (laughs) Thank you. All right. George C. Scott was terrified by a red rubber ball in which 1980 thriller? You know what? I'm going to take my time answering this because this is a perfect movie. It still terrifies me. And it's called The Changeling. You got it. All right. Question two. A television, a tree, a clown puppet, and more terrorize the Freeling family in what 1982 film? Poltergeist, motherfucker. Okay. Oh, oh, look who's getting cocky. Getting All cocky. right. She's getting confident. 
Question three. Madeline O'Malley haunts the halls of the Yankee Peddler in this 2011 movie. Oh, oh, Madeline O'Malley. Oh, the Yankee. Oh, fuck. Innkeepers, 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 innkeepers. Oh, God, I got cocky and I'm terrified. That's right. Question four. Karen Black becomes possessed by the spirit of her summer rental home (gasps) in which 1976 film? Oh, 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 fuck. Oh, oh, wait, no. Karen Black isn't in. No, I gotta get. Uh, um, I'm gonna. I'm, uh, d- so much horror? No, that's not Karen. Oh. <laughs> God damn it! I thought you were gonna ask for the wig! <sighs> My brain went blank. The answer we're looking for burnt offerings. Burnt offerings. Oh, God damn it! You got cocky, and then you. <laughs> Stacy, <laughs> once again, call me Icarus because I feel too gonna, close. I'm gonna take my time with this one because it's so easy. <laughs> Bitch, I know that one. <laughs> well, well. That was a good me impression. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, damn it! Yeah. Wait, but what did I... Yeah. I got to four. Wait, was that four? You got to four. I got to that four. Question. That's very good. Four out of five ain't bad. Yeah. As the song goes. It was good. Okay, yeah. well. Just give me a second to collect myself. Cockiness leads to deadliness. It really does. Oh, okay. I got to put my head back on. <laughs> you know, I was scrolling through because we're we're sh- we are now sharing another streaming service because between the two of us we don't have an entire cable empire of our own um, <laughs> yeah. at our at our at our whim. Um, but as I was scrolling through some of the films, I saw Orphan on there, and it had the big picture of Esther and her head and her choker. That's right. That choker occupies at least seventy five percent of that poster. How this is what I'm saying? How was it not her head? How were we not supposed to think her head was going to come off when you make the choker so central to her look? It's, I, I literally, I, t- I, I, I called in Maddie and Jason and I said, look, it, does that not imply? And they said, it, absolutely it does. Thank you. I feel exonerated after all these years of being told I was crazy. Being gaslit by the reality of what actually happens in the film. I was locked up in an institution for years after I said this. (laughs) Now you're wearing your little black dress and you're sitting on um, uh, his, uh, what's his name's couch? Daddy's egg depositor. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I didn't say that. Anyway, my turn. Okay, well, your three <laughs> categories. How quickly can we forget that? Your three categories, Stacy. Are you ready? Are. <clears throat> this title needs some work. It's uh, Cruel Intorigens. <laughs> um, what? It's like Cruel Intentions, but it's a play. It's Cruel Intorigens. Because I couldn't think of a better title because it was late last night and I was tired. So this is what you get. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, but Cruel Int Origins is all about the traumatic origins of our famous uh, triggered slasher killers. Oh! Um, what is the originating event? Uh, next like category it. is Statement Bangs. <laughs> this, this category name comes to us courtesy of our dear friend Maddie Newton. Um, and yes, it is all about those famous bangs throughout horror films and then third category i have an oldie here an oldie but an untouchedy uh terror at thirty thousand feet so your categories once again are cruel int origins statement bangs and terror at thirty thousand feet fuck those are good I do love a statement bang. Mm-hmm. I've had a few. I don't know what statement I was making exactly. <laughs> help me. Yeah. <laughs> help me. Don't let me do this to myself again. That's your uh, Reagan exorcist stomach. It's just your bangs. <laughs> My bangs spelled out help me. <laughs> Which actually really should have gotten you that stylist degree on its own. It, I mean, you know. It was some incredible Whatever. work. They couldn't see my genius. <laughs> um, let's see. I so I want that. 
cruel int origins. <laughs> Thank you. The subject matter really appeals to me, but I don't know that I can validate that awful title. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, look, like, the head say is tapping your foot. <laughs> but you know what? I want to do that one. I'm, I'm feeling a, like a slasher kind of gal. Okay, great. Okay, well, we're going for it. Cruel int origins. Question one, and remember, you have ten seconds unless you call out. We want the, I want the wig. Question one: She was the next big thing in the modeling world until she spent <laughs> a little too much time in that tanning booth. <laughs> so, am I? Is it Rhonda Johnson? I'm naming the person. Oh, I forgot to tell you. You have to name the movie. Oh, Killer Workout. Thank you very much. I thought let's start with an easy one. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Question two. He thought he was in bed with Jamie Lee, not a corpse. Terror Train. Ding, 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 ding. Kenny. His name was Kenny. Question three. When a hand of glory went ablaze, it resulted in gory consequences. Oh. Huh? Hand of glory. The burning? Ding, 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 ding. It was a hand of glory? That's what that was. It was a it was just like the Wicker Man. It was an old hand with the candles on it that set on fire. Oh. A hand of glory. Uh, look at you with your Gaelic folk knowledge. Um, <laughs> question four. He saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> I mean, she, he raped her. Well, that was the. It was a. That was an imposter. But she was consensually kissing Santa Claus in Christmas Evil. I see. I see. You know what? Am I going to have to call <laughs> the judges for this? <laughs> I don't. Know. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Chop chop. I'm dead. You're dead, Stacy. I. You know. I just was thinking of the non-consensual kissing. Well, is that, though, do the judges need to look at this? He saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. Was Mommy kissing the rapist in Silent Night, Deadly Night? Probably not. Probably not. But did he see that? As we know, Audition has shown us we have different perspectives. We can have (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. You don't want, you don't want to make up. You didn't say... You didn't, you didn't, exp- I feel like if that were the answer, you would have explicitly stated it, like, well, in the question. It seems like the judges have spoken. Stacy, you gave a valid effort, though. Well. But that, see, that's the terror of the chopping block. I thought that could have been too easy of a question, but that did bring to mind, because I did think, was this too much like Silent Night, Deadly Night? But there is quite a difference in how the question is worded. That is definitely a difference, yeah. So sometimes these things can, it can... You can think it's too easy, but sometimes a little trick of the language can throw you right off into that. That really was a cruel intorigin. Mm-hmm. Who would have suspected that? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fiona Apple's dad. Christmas Evil. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mr. Apple. As he's yeah, known. Mr. Apple. <laughs> Elder Apple. Elder Apple. He's Mormon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, oh. what have we learned today? We learned... Well, I learned uh, that it wasn't Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> we learned about my traumas. We learned about Asami's traumas. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We learned about um, uh, when you need a, a meal on the go and you only have a dog bowl. Right. Uh-huh. There you go. We learned a little bit about toothbrush design <laughs> and in this modern time. Egg depositors. And egg depositors. Let's not forget that. You know what we did not learn today, Stacy, is that we learned that today, as of Wednesday the 23rd, or we did not yet learn, but I feel like we're going to learn, that today is a deadline for something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. God damn today, it, Stacey. <laughs> today is the deadline for your lists of your top 20 favorite horror movies for my grand Shocktober experiment at Final Girl. Um, when I go to bed today, 
<laughs> Which you often do in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, wait. What I mean is when I wake up to... If you're listening to this on Wednesday, September 23rd, you have until the end of today. When I wake up tomorrow on Thursday the 24th, that's it. It's over. Forget it. Forget it, kid. You gotta wait until next time. You think, so. you think you're in with the P, with the Lady <laughs> Ponder, because you comment on her blog or because you listen to this show? She's not making exceptions for you. Wow. Sometimes I do. Yeah. But I'm, you know. I didn't know that. Oh, oh, okay. Um, Yeah, that's it, man. You got a spreadsheet to complete. I really do. And then uh, all through the month of October or October, uh, we'll count them down. Yeah. So if you want to know what I'm talking about, go to finalgirl.rocks and send me your list. I love the lists. I like the little notes that people are adding. You don't have to add a note. But it's awful nice when people are like, here's why I like this movie. Or, oh, Stacy, you're so beautiful. Do you, no, one, no one has said that. Do you want to go to Snowball with me? Yes, no, maybe. Want to go, Stacy, do you know what an egg depositor is for? <laughs> I'm sorry, that list is disqualified. <laughs> Anyway. I still need to get you my list. It's yeah, you said the same thing last week. I did, but I want our listeners to know that I am just as lazy as the rest of them. Lazy and it's a difficult task. It's, what are your 20 favorite horror movies? It's really, really tough. And I'm going to tell you, I have had it. I have had my list saved in my drafts, in my emails. I have you addressed. But it has been sitting there almost entirely completed, but I keep going back and forth on, like, one or two movies. Yeah. Because it, it, it's like, this is a commitment. It this really is going to be online forever or until the internet's gone. So give me those lists. Um, yeah, finalgirl.rocks. You can find us on Twitter at Gaylords of D. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Instagram at Gaylords of Darkness as well as on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it, right? Until next time. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I was going to say something about the egg depositor, but I got nothing. God damn it! Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! god. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Ha, ha, ha.